0: Apologies accepted. The, the podcast, podcast. Mm-hmm. here with you now. Um, this is Juliet. No, wait, I'm not Theo.
1: You're not Theo. I'm not Juliet. Um, and that's about all I know today.
0: And that's the way it is. Today, June 5th, 2020. Um, what's shaking bacon? What's up, buttercup? Oh, I love
1: that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use it. Uh, Well, I could tell you that, okay, so a bunch of nothing, work, 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 right? Um, Yeah. But I did read this really interesting article about how mice are afraid of bananas.
0: I saw something about that, but I didn't read it. Why are they afraid of bananas?
1: I read it, and I was like, oh, well, duh, because the banana looks like a yellow snake, kind of a python, and mice would be like, Uh. ah, it's a python. Not at all. Oh. So it turns out that female mice, when they are pregnant or have just given birth to to a litter. Mice
0: babies. Mice yeah. babies.
1: I think they call uh-huh. them pups, which is always weird to me because that's just for dogs. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. Um, sorry, little mice. I'm sure you're real sweet. <laughs> um, so, the, so the females emit um, a hormone or some type of a chemical secretion, yeah. right? Uh, it, that that uh, hits a male mouse's olfactory senses. Right. Right. And they don't like that scent. It raises their anxiety. It makes them nervous. It stresses them out. Right. And so the reason why is male mice love nothing more than eating baby mice that aren't their own children and sometimes even their own children. Right. Uh, And so this is the, well, (laughs) it's natured. It's beautiful. Uh. So the female mice emits this hormone, right? And the male mice are like, oh, stay away, stay away. Sometimes they're not. They're like, lunch is served. Um, so the banana has a very similar chemical compound. I see. And so the male mice smells it and it's like, ah, I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm stressed out. Whatever whatever the emotion thing in a mouse is, I don't know. Right. Um, and... Obviously, it's a protective thing, but it's also one of the few instances in the mammalian kingdom where mm-hmm. a female communicates through scent to a male.
0: Fascinating.
1: Yes, I thought so. I was like, interesting, right? So uh, there was that. Today, more importantly, is the English Queen's Jubilee. She's oh. been on the throne for 70 years. And sure. we are going to a party to mark... Yeah, that's the word, Mark. uh, We're going to a Jubilee event. Oh. Uh, A lot of our British friends are throwing a joint party, collective party. Oh, okay. Everyone bring a a traditional ditch and we're going to do tea, high tea or whatever.
0: Sounds fun. What are you bringing?
1: We made, well, James made, I did not make, uh, he made shepherd's pie. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll say that and that's really it. Yeah,
0: That sounds like fun I got jack shit going on Over here there's no bacon I, uh, I'm i just making doctor's appointments And getting all that organized for the year And making some trip plans So I'm going to go up to Napa in uh, July To see the lavender fields They've got some lavender fields up there That are going to be in bloom So we're going to go check that out um, We're going to go downtown I, I booked this a weekend downtown Without the dog To go to the art museums And stuff like that That we can't do with the dog um, and I also booked us a trip to Arizona, which is not that big a deal, but we're going to go see a band. Uh, if this happens, I don't know. I'm, I'd be surprised if this actually turned out to happen.
1: Pause. What? You're going to Arizona to see a band?
0: I know, right? But they're not coming here. That's the closest they're coming. Isn't
1: that a public event?
0: I know, right? It is. It is. We're going to have to go to out in public with, um, people yeah. and probably not masks considering that it's Arizona. Oh, you definitely so not masks. this is... This is going to be August, and I'm thinking, Brent has agreed to this. I'm thinking that he's going to change his mind, but we'll see.
1: He must really like that band.
0: Well, I don't think he knew about them before I found a, I found like a, a clip of, of some music that they were doing, and I sent it to him, and I was like, you want to go see these people in Arizona? And he was like, all right. So I don't know. We'll oh, that's see how cool. that goes. cool. Yeah, and then the other trip is we're going to Big Sur in September. I think once the weather—it's foggy during the summer there, so it should be sunny in September, October. So at some point, late September, early October, we're going to go down to Big Sur for the weekend. So, Um, but that's it. Just got some vacation plans coming up. um, Some with, some without the dog. uh, Some COVID-safe, some not. Uh, I was supposed to go to. To I planned to go to Italy, and I had made plans to. rent a place overlooking the the, the um, Piazza in Siena, uh, but that didn't pan out because of COVID. And now monkeypox, so
1: it's just as well. Monkeypox?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I know what monkeypox like, is, but... Yeah, there's like 93 cases of monkeypox in the U.S. now or something, and it's getting, it's, it's increasing. So Ugh. I don't think, as long as you're taking precautions against COVID, you're probably not going to get monkeypox, or you're probably not going to get monkeypox. That's the way it is, but... Uh, I don't know. I just, uh,
1: it's, it's too much. I I got nothing. It's too much, too many, too Too many things out there in the world. Yeah. Same. Same. I I did my bit. This will be a nice segue into our topic today being Stonewall, but I've done my bit. I marched, I vote, I, I remain politically aware. I follow news trends. I live in, uh, Polite, comfortable, loving life. I welcome everybody in the world, right? I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Everybody, you figure it out. Have fun. Yeah, can't, I understand that. Can't be responsible for it anymore.
0: I don't know. I don't I don't know what to do. That's the position that I'm in. It's like, you know, I write letters and I give money and I vote. But other than that, like, what is there to do? I, I suppose I could march when marches happen. But I don't know that that really is impactful. I'm not sure.
1: Well, we could, we will... We'll find, out, um, we'll find out a little bit because that that is a bit of the situation that um, sort of gay people found themselves in in the fifties and sixties, which is a flip of what we're talking about, right? But yeah. it, but it does parallel the system isn't working for us, and yeah. and the way things are structured um, is problematic, right? And that's true today for basically everybody on the fucking planet. I. It's like we're all in the same boat. I don't know why we can't just figure it out. Mm -hmm. But whatever. America's Hero Speaks.
0: Yeah, exactly. Saving the day.
1: One day, eventually. Yes, this podcast Uh, will be what saves America.
0: Today. So listen up, everybody. This is very important. Save America, (laughs) save the
1: world. Step one, step two. tell us
0: about Stonewall. What's the story, (laughs) Morning Glory?
1: Um, All right. Well, so. We're looking at Stonewall today, and specifically, we're looking at an apology that was made by um, Police Commissioner James P. O'Neill on Thursday, June 5th of 2019, where he apologized on behalf of the New York Police Department for an event that occurred 50 years ago, being uh, the the raid on the Stonewall Inn. Mm-hmm. Uh, politicians and gay right leaders had been putting pressure on Mr. O'Neill to apologize For months preceding his public apology, um, they were urging a public reckoning in advance of New York City serving as a site for World Pride, which was a global gathering that uh, was going to take place in New York City in 2019, specifically, hello, Tongue, to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising.
0: Ah, I see.
1: Right? So there's this. Big gay event that's going to happen in New York City that is going to commemorate and celebrate another big gay event that happened 50 years ago, and it's got the word world in it. And so it's going to be a big deal, and lots of people from deal. all over the world right, are going to be coming. Lots of gay uh-huh. people from all over the world are going to be slithering into your city, right? <laughs> so wouldn't it be a good idea to make them feel welcome and and maybe apologize or having trashed them in the past, right? Right. Sort, of, sort yeah. of thing. So cool, right? And it was during a safety breeding... Oh, not a breeding. <laughs> <laughs> it was during a safety briefing um, related to World Pride um, at the NYPD headquarters that the commissioner offered a formal apology um, stating that... Um, Police Department officials, including Mr. O'Neill himself, had said would be unnecessary for years, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So for years, gay people have been, and other people too, allies, troublemakers, what have you, would <laughs> would say to the police department, you guys should really apologize for how shitty you were in the past to everybody, but, you know, specifically, let's look at the gays. And no, it's not necessary to apologize for that event It is what it was, it was what it was, it's over, it wouldn't do any good now, blah, blah, blah. And O'Neill was one of those guys that was like, not necessary, you guys, calm down. Um, But he got behind a microphone and said that um, I will be Mr. O'Neill now. I'm gonna try and do, no, I'm not gonna do a New York accent. (laughs) Better not. Will not, no. (laughs) <laughs> uh, he said, I think it would be irresponsible to go through World Pride Month not to speak of the events at the Stonewall Inn in June of 1969. I do know what happened should not have happened. I vowed to the LGBTQ community that this would never happen in NYPD in 2019. We have and we do embrace all New Yorkers. So, all right, cool. He got up and he apologized publicly. For an event that happened 50 years ago, um, whenever we cover like, oh uh, gosh, somebody who is apologizing on behalf of a corporation or apologizing on behalf of some sort of a mass movement, it's like well, who is the person who's who decided to apologize, right? Right. Because Ford Motor Company is not an entity. So Ford Motor Company cannot itself issue an apology. It's a person on the board of Ford or whatever. Somebody, you know, one of the power drivers there feels like, oh, we should do this thing. So I wondered, oh, does Mr. O'Neill maybe have like a gay brother or is there like, what's up? And no, not at all. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm going to say his Wikipedia page was delightfully boring. Uh, Mr. O'Neill was a 36-year-old career law enforcement officer, widely, recognizing for, widely, recognizing, widely recognized for expanding neighborhood policing to serve more than 3 million New Yorkers in over half of the city. Um, he was commanding officer for three successive precincts before working as a commanding officer for Vice, Narcotics, and the Fugitive Enforcement Divisions. Um, He was chief of the department from 2014 to 2016. And then Mayor Bill de Blasio, so hard for me to say, um, promoted him to 43rd, made him the 43rd police commissioner for New York City. So this is a guy who's a real cop, right? Uh, And of course you would say, oh, you have to be a real cop to be a police commissioner. But he worked vice, he worked narcotics, whatever fugitive enforcement is, that sounds like a lot of guns, um, so he retired in 2019 and he retired to the private sector. He became head of physical security at Visa. Visa credit card, right? So not head of tech security, but head of physical security. Um, and he reported to a Mr. Lewis Love, who was a senior Aww. vice president of global corporate services. Yeah. And I thought that was cute that that uh, after apologizing gays, he went to work for a guy named Mr. Love and probably had to say, good morning, Mr. Love, every day. Um, O'Neill's tenure began with a pipe bomb blast on his first full day in office in September of 2016, and he saw the city grapple with tensions between police officers and the public. Um, He moved the New York Police Department away from the controversial, air quotes, around broken windows theory of law enforcement which viewed low-level offenses as a gateway to bigger crimes. So you're jaywalking. You were eventually a bank robber.
0: We're gonna be, yep. yep. We're going to come down on you for jaywalking. We are that, going to
1: teach you to value and appreciate the law. your lesson. So bad. Um, and Mayor Bill de Blasio, during um, uh, O'Neill's retirement announcement, said, on behalf of all New Yorkers, I want to express deep gratitude to Jimmy O'Neill for dedicating his entire career to keeping our city safe. Jimmy transformed the relationship between New Yorkers and the police and helped to make the department the most sophisticated and advanced in the country. Um, so O'Neill's sort of a bridge builder between the police department and communities and this public apology that he issued um, to the gays for, you know, mm-hmm. the New York City PD uh, raid on Stonewall is just another, What I shouldn't say just another, right, but it's also a bridge that he was building. So he's a peacemaker, mm-hmm. bridge builder. Um, mm-hmm. Seems like he was the guy to issue this apology at that time. Um, the department attitudes towards LGBTQ people have shifted, but anti-gay attitudes remained rampant in the police department for decades after the Stonewall uprising. Yeah, I bet. In 1978, the president of the city's largest police union said in an op-ed in the New York Times that having gay police officers was an unworkable idea. Mm. But um, things changed, and 10 years later, Sergeant Charles Cochran started the first Gay Officers Action League chapter, an association for gay police officers. Um, And I'm a third grader, and I'm just going to point out his name is Cochran. So (laughs) there, there you go. Um, and so that's kind of, it's not even kind of, that's the, apo- what's well, not the entire apology, we'll review that, but that's the event, that's what happened, he issued an apology for Stonewall, um, I have some stuff on Stonewall, but I'm sure you have some things as well.
0: Okay, so it's more appropriate to call it the Stonewall Uprising than the Stonewall Riot, because it, it uh, took over six days um, of sort of fights here and there between gay, lesbian, and transgender individuals and the New York Police Department after Um, what was a raid of the gay bar on Christopher Street in Manhattan's West Village in 1969, uh, June 28th, I believe, 1969 is the date. Um, And the raid came uh, amid a broader police crackdown on gay bars for operating without New York State Liquor Authority licenses, but they had to operate without liquor authority, state liquor authority licenses, because the SLA refused to grant licenses to bars that serve gays. So if you're going to, if you're going to serve gays, you have to, um, operate without a license, obviously. So then, um, People like the mafia stepped in to run the, unlic- these unlicensed uh, bars and had to deal with the police to, in order to stay in business. So you have the mafia doing business with the police. You have gay people drinking. You have um, police being assholes. And there was a raid on the on Stonewall um, on the night of June 28th. 7th was the actual raid. Um, 13 people were arrested and, um, a woman who was being arrested yelled out to the people standing around doing nothing. Why don't you guys do something? So they did. Um, it was after midnight on June 28th. So it was the same night. It's just midnight. The day changed. It's funny how time works like that. Um, (laughs) And the public moral squad showed up to raid the Stonewall Inn. And um, they said that it was because they had violated liquor laws. They ordered people, 200 people to line up and show their identification. And because it was illegal to dress and drag at that time, they made some people go into the bathroom and prove that they were female or not female um, with, via inspections, which is horrifying if you think about it now. Um, but that happened regularly back then. Um, in gay bars, that people would be forced to prove that they were whatever gender they said they were. And I believe the rule was for women, you had to wear at least three items of feminine clothing to prove that you weren't gay or that you weren't dressing as a man. Right. Um, So uh, I I don't even know if I'm wearing three items of feminine clothing right now. I mean, I guess my wedding ring counts, but not really. So I'm not sure if I would pass as uh, legally... Uh, if I would be arrested at that time. So it's crazy. You, you have to actually go out of your way to dress like a woman uh, to to go out and have a drink. And even when you're going out and having a drink, then you're drinking in an illegal bar. So chances are you're going to get arrested and thrown up against the wall. So it sucks, um, basically. So the behavior of the officers when they forced all these people to line up and show their identification was, um, it, it, there was a guy who said Mark Siegel, who was 68 at the time of the interview, which was I think in 2019, says they came in the bar, they slammed people against the wall, they shoved people, and they hurled insults that you can probably imagine. Um, and so they fought back. And and now I don't. I want to say that I don't want to go in too much into the details of of what happened and what happened after that because uh, as as you all know, who are our, our loyal listeners, I am a straight white. Cis female, and this is not my Boo. history. This is <laughs> right, and this is more Theo's history. So I feel that Theo should really do most of the discussion on this topic. Um, so I'm going to turn it back to you, Theo.
1: Well, what I love is, um, originally when you had this story idea, right? Like, oh, let's, uh-huh. let's do this, right? Um, then you sent me a text a couple days later and you were like, um, I think you should take the lead on this, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, we never really officially said, like, Juliet takes the lead, but right. definitely you do, because you're smarter than I am, for sure. You're way better organized. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. And, um, and I talk a lot. And so I...
0: I well, it's sort of the way it's worked out is that I give the frame of the story, and then you sort of give ex- extra color and, and I talk about and-
1: my adventures in the third grade. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it works out really well Because I don't honestly have that much to say A lot of the time, and you do So I think we, we balance each other really well
1: I I totally agree with that Here we are, almost 100 episodes That's right, right.
0: Hooray. hooray Hooray for us hooray. Anyway, Every we've day. turned this back into hooray for hooray us, <laughs> for us.
1: <laughs> Listen, someone has to celebrate us And it's you and me, that's it And our husband Yes All right. Um, cool, yeah, so so let's take a look at w- at what happened and yeah. and why did it happen and what and what was the outgrowth from it. And I will say that while I had heard about the Stonewall riot, um, even like in the '80s when I was coming out and meeting other gay people, uh, people would tell you like, "Oh, blah blah, gay events, gay things that happened." And Stonewall was was a major. Of oral tradition that got Mm. Passed along Right that Mm. with like And this of course is the group Of people that I knew in Durham North Carolina Right so Mm -hmm. I'm sure all this stuff is regional But the Wizard of Oz is our movie because it's All about escape escaping Reality right Okay. Um, The color purple it Specifically lavender is the official gay Color is that true Uh I don't know Right it's all colors Um, (laughs) And uh, And Stonewall Right. Oh, the Stonewall, right, right was this big moment in, in time. And I know that June is Pride Month, which is why we're covering Stonewall right now, because we are right. always organized with our stories and they always match up to holidays or specific because we plan well in advance. Right? That's a total lie. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah. Naturally. It's not that it just happened that way, sort of uh, serendipitously. It's
1: right. It's never blind luck. It is always, never. always planned. <laughs> um, but I kind of thought that June was Pride Month. Because it's early summer, so the weather's not too hot, but it's hot enough that you can take <laughs> you your can shirts off your and run pants. around. Yeah. Yeah, right. And you can wear your little shorts that are gold and glittery, right. and you can just run around and be drunk outside. It's great. Oh my God, I want to go to a Pride thing. It's so bad now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. I had no idea it had anything to do with Stonewall, right? I
0: actually didn't either. Yeah. So yeah, it was very educational.
1: Complete shock. I really thought it had more to do with nudity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So here we go. It's just a bonus. It's, it's, well, depends. <laughs> depends. Um, okay, so the Stonewall Uprising began shortly after midnight on June 28th, 1969, when officers from the now defunct Public Morals Squad, can you imagine having yeah, a public no. morals squad? Uh, raided the Stonewall Inn, a gay bar on Christopher Street in Greenwich Village. Uh, The police said they had arrived to disperse the bar's patron because the Stonewall Inn had violated liquor laws. Eight officers and an inspector arrived at the club and ordered about 200 people to line up and show their identifications. Some were um, asked to uh, show their private parts to prove their gender. Um,
0: Should be illegal. I don't think it's even illegal now, though, because they talk about doing it in schools with kids who are... Uh, not in schools, but with kids who are competing in, in sports. Oh, yes. so they have to prove whether they're female.
1: That Ohio law. Sports, right? Yeah, any parent, any person can challenge any uh, any student athlete's gender because this they look too feminine or they look too masculine. It is Get a your fucking giant. hands
0: off my child's general. Fuck
1: you, Ohio. Right. Exactly. Nobody touches my child for free. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have, I have to mock. It's the only defense I have. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Stonewall Inn was in Greenwich Village, and Greenwich Village had become unofficial official home to uh, queer people, um, which basically started just after World War One. And, and I don't know why specifically it was Greenwich Village, but during the war, people left their farms, and they left their towns, and they went and fought in Europe, And then they came back to the States and they Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily, if you were gay um, or if you were anything that didn't fit into your small town's uh, social structure, opted to stay in larger cities and grouped together, right? They had a different taste of reality, a different taste of freedom. So for whatever reason, gay people started to migrate towards Greenwich Village. And Greenwich Village had some businesses that started to cater towards, or to gay people, right? Um, not super a lot, not super public, but this is where the underground gay bars would be. This is where um, a gay person could rent an apartment, right? And I mean, like a like a screamingly gay person could rent right. an apartment. Right, you
0: could still get a place to live, right. yeah. Um, and so in
1: 1966, three members of the Genovese crime family invested $3,500 to turn the Stonewall Inn into a gay bar, um, it had previously been a restaurant and a nightclub for heterosexuals, um, and then once a week the gay sorry once a week the police officers would show up to collect envelopes of cash, payoff, known as gayola, um, uh. because the Stonewall had no liquor license. Yeah, and I love that it's like payola, gayola. Pay-ola. It's funny, I yeah hey I give uh. you that right. Um, so it was mafia owned, and they served gays. Um, and a large part of that is because it was illegal to be gay slash serve gays, yeah. right? The mafia has no problem breaking the law if you're going to, no. if there's money to be made. Right. Even if you have to pay off the cops. Right. Not only that, their patrons were another another revenue stream because the bouncers would blackmail some of the patrons.
0: Oh if my god.
1: You looked like you had enough money that you could be shaken be down, right? And they yeah. had your personal details, they Probably would blackmail shit. you. Um okay, but at the same time it's fine because gay people have no other choice. There is no other space for them to right. go to as a group and not right. be hassled and not be bothered. So the Stonewall was, as you might imagine, not a uh, Not a very clean place, not a very great place. Not classy. Not classy. Uh, It was a dank bar. There were no fire exits, and the toilets overran consistently. Um, And the bar was not used for prostitution, but there were drug sales and other black market activities that took place within the bar.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there was no prostitution. Well um not officially
1: (laughs) yeah but maybe not the prostitution that would count where that would be like a female selling services to a a man right um but i don't know about gay prostitute maybe i mean sure yes there must have been a gay prostitute at least one
0: i mean there's gay prostitution everywhere right
1: i mean hi right here it's no
0: different than any other kind of prostitution
1: um no, I'm working on a joke, and I don't have one. So it's no different from the <laughs> a kind of prostitution. Okay. Money for sexual services. Um, and so we well, And add uh, apologies to our sex workers out there. That's the term we should be using, not prostitution. Right. But um, prostitution just sounds funnier. Okay, so to enter the bar, you had to go through a small door, and there was a mafia bouncer who was a big, fat guy who typically had a dead cigar, an unlit cigar in his mouth. And you had to get past him to get into the bar. So he either had to know who you were, you had to be with somebody that he knew, or you had to look gay. And he he just knew the gay look, right? Right. Um, the bar itself, again, imagine dank. There were two big rooms. You walked in through the door and the first room that you walked into had a long bar and that's where the dance floor was. And there was a jukebox with gay favorite songs in it. Patrons said that it was the best dance floor in the city. But that's also kind of a joke because it wasn't legal for uh, same gender dancing. To have. Men were not allowed legally to dance with other men. Right? right. So it was the only bar in the city for gay men right. to dance. Um, dancing was the main draw of the bar. And... That's kind of how they air quotes around marketed. That's how they marketed themselves, right? We're a dance club, right? Was also, um, there was the second room, which was a dark room with benches lined against the walls, and people would just sit there quietly, drink, talk, probably make out. I'm going to imagine, right? Um, not a very clean space. We there aren't windows. Right. So it's going to be stale and it's going to be hot. It's not going to feel great to be in there. Um, But even still, this is the space where you can go to meet people who are just like you. Right. Right. There wasn't any running water in the club, so they couldn't wash glasses. They brought in a big bucket of water and that's what they used all night long to wash and reuse glasses. Yep.
0: Oh, my God. So Buy bottled beer, everybody.
1: But oh, it's, yeah! it's far different now. Now now it's, now it's classic. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad to
0: hear that. This is the 60s. <laughs> um,
1: okay, and so there were gay guides that were printed at the time, and they were printed on underground presses. This wasn't like Harper Collins issuing gay travel yeah, guides, but yeah. th- they were gay travel guides. You could get a hold of yeah. them, right? And they listed the Stonewall as a safe bar in New York City but beware of blackmail, right? And so okay. that was—it was a common enough occurrence that um, that I'm going to say, readers. Patrons, visitors, travelers were advised. Yeah, you can go there, but watch out because they will come after you for money. They
0: will blackmail you. I read an account from somebody who was there at the time that said it was sort of a de facto community center for young gay men who were homeless and who would come in just to have a place to get off the streets. And they were they were they didn't have to buy drinks once they got in. They could just you know spend whatever the cover charge was and hang out as long as they wanted to overnight and that, and thereby avoid um, having to spend the night outside, which is sad and. Um, I mean, it's good that there was a place like that for this people, but it's, it's also sad.
1: Well, it's, and it's, I'll say terribly common. Um, there were a number of other gay uprisings that occurred before Stonewall, but they were always just like a couple of hours. Right. But it's early hours and it's places like donut shops that are open 24 right. seven. Right. We
0: talked about that one place.
1: Um, oh yeah, yeah, we did. And yeah. so, um, so yeah, there, there is also that thing, I don't know that it still happens, but it used to happen, where some establishments uh-huh. recognize that they are serving a need, and that need is safety for groups. Now, I don't think the mafia had big open hearts for the sure. uh, homeless uh, gay kids, right? I think that the homeless gay kids were a draw to an older crowd that came in, and uh-huh. there's, there's our you know our sex workers in action but right. i also don't know that right but right um when the when the Stonewall first opened it catered specifically to white men who were in Greenwich Village uh then they started to allow in women and then they started to allow in drag queens from Harlem i see and so by 69 the bar was, um, I don't want to say predominantly, but we'll say uh, um, a favorite spot for uh, for transgendered or drag queen sex workers. There were lots of terms that people used at the time to identify themselves. The most common term was drag queen. Um, a lot of the drag queens that I saw, I read as transgendered, but that's not how they identified themselves. Yeah. So, all right, cool. So we start to have this like, this community of people of color who who were um, frequenting the Stonewall. And in the early hours, again, of June 28th, 69, there was another police raid. And this raid is really more a shakedown of the mafia ownership for we want more money, um, you know, pay, basically pay us more Uh they but it's also a great way to just sort of like deal with the gays, right? So we're gonna bug your patrons and we're gonna scare them off. You guys are gonna start paying us more money, right? Right. And right. how I draw that conclusion is that when the police were there, they arrested 10 staff members from the bar. 20 hmm. 20 people worked in the bar. They arrested 50% of the staff. And patrons who were there that night will say they were really after the bar. This, this, I see. This wasn't a let's go get the gays. Although there, there is that element there as well, right? But that wasn't the main driver. The main driver was money. We're going to shake down the mafia and let them know I we're going to really fuck with their business. Right? Okay. Um, okay. So in the typical raid, and previous raids... The police would show up, they check IDs, they're looking for minors, they're looking for people who are in drag, trying to pass the opposite sex. These people are detained, then released, and they run off happy, right? Oh, thank God I didn't go to jail. Okay, I'll be good yeah. again forever. Right. Never go back there until right. tomorrow night. Um, right. And the police would raid, sometimes several times a week, sometimes you might go four weeks without a raid. They were pretty much always unannounced, but it was always a money grab, um mm-hmm. Marsha P Johnson who's a, who's a famous uh transgender I think we could use that word for her activist um said that commonly the police would arrive and then the staff would hide the money and the cops would only get what was in the tip jar I see right so money 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 um so we have the typical raid where people are getting caught detained and then released and they run off and everything's great. This time things were different. People who had been detained were released and they stood around out front of the bar waiting for their friends to be released to come out. Right. And as the people from, as the patrons of the bar are hanging around out front, locals who are just walking around passing by, right. Who are familiar with the Stonewall and themselves happen to be gay because again, Greenwich was becoming a gay community. Um, these local passerbys also stopped and stood around, right? And eventually you have a crowd of about 100 people, feels like a comfortable number. Um, And people who were in the crowd that night said that the mood shifted between humor to anger, right?
0: Yeah,
1: Kind of fun, and then people would get pissed off, and then it would go back to being kind of funny again, and then people would get pissed off. Um, And the first patrol wagon arrived to take prisoners away, and what turned it, as you mentioned, is a lesbian um, was a lesbian patron from within the bar was brought out in handcuffs, and she'd been hit on the head in the bar and was bleeding. Um, she struggled with the cops, they threw her into the paddy wagon right. and she escaped, and she ran back inside the bar. Oh my God, do not fuck with a lesbian
0: <laughs> <laughs> right
1: Of course, also she's still handcuffed um, yeah. She runs back into the bar, they grab her, they drag her out, they stick her in the paddy wagon, she escapes again and goes back wow. into the bar. It's the third time that they Damn. are bringing her, and I don't know her name, and I didn't find anything that, that said her name, no. is they bring her out, and she's fighting ferociously with the cops, right? Yeah. She says to the crowd, why don't you guys do something? And so the crowd starts to riot, and, and I'll use that word, right, because yeah. that's what the fuck they did. Um, They picked up bricks They started throwing the bricks Cobblestones off the street Right So this isn't like a New York City street As we know them today where they're paved This is in the old days Before they were paved And so they're picking up bricks Whipping them at the cops Picking up trash Throwing it at the cops Right And the cops go back inside the bar To hide and wait out safely For reinforcements Uh to arrive and the crowd begins to feel empowered because typically it's the cops that chase you. Right. When you get to chase the cops, it's a good day. Yeah. Right? Sure. Um, Edmund White, who's a novelist, was 29 at the time. Uh, he is a white gay guy and was mm-hmm. a frequent patron at the Stonewall, also a resident of the village. And his attitude initially was he was a nice white boy from the Midwest, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he says that he told the crowd, oh, don't protest the police officers. They're just doing their jobs. Everybody calm down. It'd just be better to run away. But after a while, the crowd's mood starts to, let's use the word infect, infect him. And and he also becomes excited. And the people began to chant, gay is good, which is a parody of a slogan at the time, black is beautiful. Right? I see. So there was a trend in the United States at the time of civil rights movements. We just recently had passage of the Civil Rights Act in 1964, but we had Vietnam protests, we had the women's movement. Political activism at the time was uh, direct and confrontational, right? Originally, gays saw themselves as a diagnosis um, or being gay as a crime or a sin, but Mm -hmm. with Stonewall, Um, gay people began to see themselves as minority, right? And so you have a model that you can follow, which is the black civil rights movement. Um, There is dialogue out there today uh, between activists of gay and, uh, and I'll say African-American associations, right? Which is kind of like, um, hey, you gays, you got your rights real fast. We're still fighting but you used our model to get mm-hmm. your rights and and it can be seen as another piece of evidence towards systemic racism. Right. Right. Um, right. Ah, the gays. They took our our idea. They ran with it. And they got now they're all married to each other. Hooray. Huh. Right. Um, OK. So as I mentioned, about 20 people worked in the bar. Ten of them were hauled off uh, and the cops remained inside the bar waiting for reinforcements. Um, The crowd of about 150 found a loose parking meter that was outside that had been hit by a car a couple of days before and wrenched that up out of the ground and used it as a battering ram against the door of the bar to try and get into the bar. Now, why the cops weren't shooting, I don't know. Because today... Well
0: today they have riot gear and I was just thinking about that because you couldn't do this today because of the riot gear. You you can't fight back against police today and the at all. Tear
1: gas and the right. military weapons. Right. Right. Um so reinforce oh sorry, um so before the reinforcements get there. Um so people are using this uh, parking meter as a battering ram, and then people started to grab trash and set it on fire and throw mm. it at the club, right? And they got lighter fluid, which they purchased from a nearby cigar shop and would use that to set paper on fire. It's like, guys, you don't need lighter fluid to set paper on fire. (laughs) It will just burn. (laughs) It'll just burn. That's fine. Um, So the reinforcements arrived and they were the tactical police. So they've maybe not riot gear, but closer to riot gear as we would understand it today, right? And the tactical police were, according to people who were there, the crowd— seemed to be a bit surprised that they had to fight a group of gays. And so they sort of stood around, not sure what the fuck was going on, right? Mm -hmm. You want us to fight all of these Nelly Queens? What? what? You can't handle this yourselves, you guys? Um, The crowd decided to provoke the cops because this, in the viewpoint of one of the participants, uh, gave the crowd the element of surprise If the cops chase you, the cops know they're going to chase you, and they know where they're going to chase you to, and they know what's going on. You don't have any power. You are escaping. But when you confront the police, you have first the element of surprise. They're not expecting to get hit with a bunch of purses, right? Um, And the idea was we will provoke the cops. We'll get them to chase us. We know all the little back alleys of Greenwich Village because we live here, and the cops have all this heavy gear on them. We're going to tire right. the cops out by making them chase us, right? And so that <laughs> was a tactic that that was used, and they said uh, that it worked, that the cops quickly became tired out. Um, there was always the option of running away, but other groups, meaning women, meaning black people, meaning um, hippies and peaceniks, against the war, right? Had been mm-hmm. standing up for their rights. So, so why not the gays? Was kind of how this one patron explained his own thought process at the time, right? Why, why should I have to run away when black people are fighting for their rights, right? I'm going to fight for mine too. Um, he said, we always felt like the victims and like we had to get out of something But here we were the instigators, and we got into something. Um, Newspapers didn't really cover the riot. It was on page 33 of the New York Times, and it was a very short paragraph. It just said that police were hurt in a melee at a village bar. Uh, The New York Voice and other tabloids mocked the event. One tabloid said, open quote, a nest of homosexuals was raided and the queen bees are stinging mad, end quote. And I'm going to (laughs) say, pretty funny. Um, The Los Angeles Advocate, which was one of the first gay and lesbian, uh, we use the word newspapers, a sort of newspaper magazine thing, um, was the only paper to recognize the event as a significant event. Um, And so after Stonewall, just a week later, a group of gay people organized Um, the Gay Liberation Front and word got out that, oh, there's a Gay Liberation Front. And so groups of people in other cities created their own organizations that use similar names. Some of them call themselves the Gay Liberation Front They may not have been directly associated with the New York chapter, right? Um, The most important thing that came out of the gay liberation front in New York was they decided in 1970. So one year after the Stonewall to commemorate the riot, but they didn't want people to forget. Remember when we rioted for a couple of days and we owned this city and we pushed the cops back. We need to celebrate that and remind ourselves that we have power, right? So they organized a March and that was the very first pride March they asked Yay. chapters in other cities to mirror the event. And so in Hollywood Boulevard in L.A. in 1970, there was the first Gay Pride March. Uh, it was about 1,000 people. There was one in San Francisco and Chicago. And now, of course, no. they're worldwide. Um, yes. Famously, Marsha P. Johnson, who I mentioned is a transgendered activist, is credited with throwing the first brick. Uh, this is apocryphal. She sort of stands in for all people uh-huh. of color, all queer people of color, right? Um, it's easier to pin a story on one person than to talk about a larger community. So so she gets credited with throwing the first brick, but she always said that she got there after the riot started. Um, she was found dead in a river in 1992. Oh. Um, no. Yeah, so uh, the police ruled that she died by suicide, but uh, friends petitioned and it's taken a number of years but she's now listed as drowning by undetermined causes and um I think this case is now open as a cold case but uh. it's believed that she may have been um chased into the river um oh. yeah a statue went up in 2021 near Stonewall for Marsha and her friend Sylvia Rivera um Marsha was a founding member of the gay liberation front and later an organization called STAR, Street Transvestites Action Revolutionaries um, So that's the event That's what happened, that's a timeline That's a couple of the people involved and some of their thoughts And feelings during the event And the question that historians ask Themselves is what was different about Stonewall Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because thanks to Stonewall We now have, gay, well, thanks Stonewall Now we have gay pride marches um, It's that The riots lasted for days. Um, It was a big crowd this time, and this particular riot ignited political action. There had been other events in the past, uh, as we mentioned, that happened in donut shops and late night bars, but those would last a couple of hours. Um, The Gay Liberation Front eventually started mainstream organizations like Lambda League Legal and political lobbying Organizations like uh, HRC And so um, That's kind of what's different But that's also As I discovered today Why we celebrate Pride in June It is because Mm -hmm. of the Stonewall event Happening in June And not because it's summer and people want to like Run around
0: (laughs) Half naked Amazing Yeah.
1: Um, And so now we have the apology And our rating Yeah Let's see. And so, um, the apology. During a safety breeding, again. He did it again. Again. <laughs> I, I guess I really want my dog to have puppies now. Um, <laughs> during a safety briefing related to World Pride at police headquarters, the commissioner offered a formal apology that police department officials, including Mr. O'Neill himself, had said was unnecessary for years. He says, it's a very short we've basically covered all of it. But um, again, he says, I think it would be irresponsible to go through world pride month, not to speak of the events at the Stonewall Inn, June of 1969. I do know that what happened should not have happened. The actions taken by the NYPD were wrong, plain and simple. The actions and laws were discriminatory and oppressive. And for that, I apologize. I vowed to the LGBT community that this would never happen in NYPD in 2019. We have, and we do, embrace all New Yorkers. And the auditorium erupted in applause. Um, Yay. Yay. And so, typically, you you read the analysis. No, I was going to say, typically, you read the analysis. Do you want to? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So, okay. So, I think that the apology... Uh, is fair. Um, he did say that what happened was wrong. He did not say why what happened happened, but he did say, I do know that what happened should not have happened. Um, he did take responsibility uh, for on behalf of the New York Police Department. Um, and he did apologize. So I think, you know, considering the apology itself and not what happened, I would give it a seven.
1: That is crazy crazy because my paper has the number seven on it as well.
0: (laughs) First time that ever happened.
1: That is the first, well, it's the first time I've ever written down the number. I was like, I don't know how much control she's seeding, so I better be prepared to do this. But um, Uh yeah, you know, I'll say it didn't get higher marks from me because it's important to mark the occasion of World Pride Month and all blah blah blah. But it's only because of World Pride Month that this is happening, right? Right. right. So it is a little bit of a PR move. It is a little and bit of It took too long. Well, right. And also we 50
0: years? had Hello. said
1: it was unnecessary. Well yeah. s- okay, so this is this I will say raises an interesting point. I was digging around on Twitter, whatever stonewall stuff, and and this apology, and I saw a comment from a guy. That's, and I almost responded to it because it made me really mad, right? And and the comment was, um, he had nothing to apologize for.
0: Oh, my God. Uh,
1: the police were simply enforcing the law as it was written back then. Oh, please. They were doing their job. No yeah. apology necessary. And, of course, oh, my God. response was going—I didn't do it because it's like, don't don't engage— don't yeah. let it go. What do you care what some random person thinks in the world? Right. You don't. But I did really. I typed it out, and I was yeah. like, "Well, by that reasoning, you've just justified slavery." Right. The law of the time, so it's it was okay. Time. Yeah, real sorry. Um, so you know, yeah, it's it's a seven. I'm glad he did it, um, and I could see that his role as a as a police step step.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Necessary, but not sufficient. Well... I didn't realize that Obama had created the Stonewall National Monument to Gay Rights, which actually um, it includes not only the Stonewall Inn, but eight acres of land, including Christopher Park, which is nearby. And that was 2016. But I think that's cool. I didn't know that.
1: That's very cool. And there is a park in New York City that's been renamed for Marsha P. Johnson. Um, I've oh. forgotten the name of the park, other than it's the Marsha P. Johnson Park now. Right. But what it had been named prior. Um,
0: oh, nice.
1: Yeah, so, you know, so that is good. Um, now I get to tell you a story.
0: Oh, tell me a story.
1: Yeah, so once upon a time, I was really drunk in New York City with my friend Myron, and we'd gone bar hopping, right? It's mm-hmm. a Sunday afternoon. There was nothing else to do other than drink a lot of beer. There's
0: nothing to do in New York.
1: That, nothing. That nothing. was it. Um, oh, and that's when you and I were doing Marco Polo back and forth to each other nonstop. Remember that?
0: No, what did we
1: do? The Marco Polo videos, where you would video yourself and you would say something and then you would send it. The app, Marco Polo. What? There was an app. (laughs) Are you sure this was me? A thousand percent. Okay. I'm going to send out. I don't remember this at all. Oh my gosh, we did it for... Oh, my gosh, like months and months and months, right? Oh, wow. Um, I would get a rant. And you were the only person I used Marco Polo with. Uh, uh-huh. I would get a random video from you where you were like, oh, I hate whatever, right? Or, oh, gosh, uh-huh. I'm having the best blah. Um, uh-huh. They were just real short, 30 seconds. Um, cool. And, and, you know, I would reply. And so this trip in New York, I, I sent a lot of Marco Polos, but not uh-huh. when I was drunk. Um, uh-huh. So we ended up at the Stonewall Inn, and uh, nice. we're sitting out front, and we're drinking, and I'm talking to a group of people, and this one woman says to me something along the lines of, um, and this was pre-2017, so yeah. uh, I think, no, no, no. Well, you know what?
0: It must have been, because I don't remember a thing about this.
1: Yeah. I, it, okay, so 2017-ish, right? Okay. um, And she said something along the lines of, yeah, I'm I'm part owner of the Stonewall and wow. we kind of don't know what to do with it, right? Wow. And that, I mean, that wasn't a verbatim that I'm paraphrasing the very drunken understanding of the conversation that I had with um,
0: right. Daisy.
1: And so she was like, yeah, I don't, I, I'm a new investor and we've got it. and And I was like, oh my gosh, you own a piece of history. Like, you need to make it a national monument and every gay thing that ever happens needs to start and originate here. The parade should end here or start here, right? Starting makes more sense, but whatever you can get, right? Um, It it should like, in your closed hours, allow gay groups to rent the space out, right? Or it doesn't have to necessarily be gay, but I mean, come on. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So so that was it. She was like, yeah, no, I mean we don't know how to get people in here to drink. Everybody wants to come by and take a photo of it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: How about a 10% discount for every photo that you take of the bar? Thank you. Oh,
0: that's awesome. You're
1: welcome. Yes. So I am responsible <laughs>
0: for saving <laughs> <Yeah. the> Stonewall <laughs> Inn. <laughs>
1: Hooray for me. Hooray for us. <laughs> Thank you, Theo. You're welcome. Now, that's the event I remember after 72 beers. Reality may have just simply been, <laughs> I was sitting alone on a corner crying <laughs> with a bottle of beer in my hand.
0: Wondering where Myron was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God.
1: Did I send you Marco Polo about that? I don't know where Myron went. And he was here. <laughs> and, I had, and I went to the bathroom, and then he's gone. And... Oh. Uh, yeah. So that was that. So when was this? Uh well, I mean
0: It was relatively recently?
1: Well, 2017-ish. I mean 2015? that's right
0: before 2015 is a while back. That was 2015. I, right. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Um okay, well it wasn't 4 years ago. It was probably it was probably 2015. Um, okay. Okay. I'll I'll need to download the Marco Polo app, re-log in. Uh, yeah, get all exists. the apps
0: anymore i don't even remember this app i I don't even remember that the app exists that's crazy i bet we had a lot of really good marco polos
1: oh we had some great ones and there's one where um you sent me you were in the back of a cab and you and brent were going to a show right Uh uh-huh and you Meant to show me a video of San Francisco, just random through the cab. Right,
0: <laughs> I remember that.
1: <laughs> but you had switched the lens that. around. Yeah. that so it was. It a was
0: just me. Photo of
1: you sitting in the back, <laughs> looking around, <Yeah. laughs> unaware that you were filming yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that I do remember. Yeah, oh, so God. that was through Marco Polo. Okay, I'm pretty sure that was Marco Polo. Um, All right. But yeah, so hooray.
0: Hooray. Um, the sad news, though, is that there are a lot of states that still do not have anti-discrimination laws on the books. So discrimination based on sexual orientation is still legal in many parts of the United States. And um, this year is particularly depressing yeah. for LGBTQ plus people. So over 300 um, anti Civil rights bills, I would call them, have been introduced in 36 states across the U.S., and some of which have become law in eight states, Ohio one and Florida another. Um, Florida has the famous, infamous, don't say gay bill, which prohibits elementary school teachers from talking to kids in grades uh, kindergarten through three about gender identity or sexual orientation. Um American University professor Naomi Mullen said some of the scaling back on human rights more broadly by the Trump administration and by other administrations around the world is really scary to people in countries with LGBTQIA plus persecution because they saw and still see the U.S. as a beacon of human and LGBT plus rights. I think many of them are shocked to know that these rights are still contested in the U.S., uh, and worldwide, it's a little scarier even, because there are um, only 27 countries that allow for same-sex marriage, but there is a death penalty for homosexuality in 11 countries, and imprisonment for homosexuality in 57 countries. 57 countries, you can be in prison for being gay. It's it's appalling. Um, So in a number of countries, human rights safeguards have diminished. And the U.S., of course, has recently tried to roll back on supporting human rights at national and global levels. Um, During the Trump administration, the U.S. left the U.N. Human Rights Council, although it did rejoin in 2022, thanks to Biden. um, And the Trump administration tried to dismantle LGBT plus friendly health policies in the U.S. Uh, So as someone who I don't know who it was, I apologize to whoever said this, said, 50 years later, the legacy of Stonewall is one of many steps forward for the LGBT plus community but steps backward are possible
1: oh totally yeah I mean they'll we may end up in a world where another stonewall is necessary and we may end up in a world where another women's suffrage movement is necessary
0: oh I'm so tired just thinking about it
1: right and so that's why I'm like bye everybody you have fun enjoy this I'm gonna like grow tomato plants
0: well I mean would you potentially leave Texas
1: Oh, in a hot fucking second, please. I'm trying to get out of here now. <laughs> I live in Austin and I love it. Austin's amazing and great. Everybody come yeah. to Austin and enjoy because it is a cool city. Um, but, you know, is it, bye.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about leaving the U.S. So that's uh, um, and that's it's, it's that much it's a
1: flirty idea.
0: Uh Yeah. I think uh, if I ever get the opportunity to get on a plane and go anywhere again, I'm going to go explore some places that we might be able to live. Um, But we'll see. We'll see about that.
1: Costa Rica, um, you can get a visa that allows you to live there for a year. And then what you have to do is you have to leave the country for 24 hours. And so what most people do is they take a vacation in the neighboring country, which I don't know, map. So... Sorry, right. I know I could look it up, but it's more fun to guess. So Bolivia. So they <laughs> they go to Bolivia for the night or right. a week. And then
0: go back. And then they so go back,
1: right? And they own property um, and cool, right? And it's right. less expensive. And so to get all of that, you just have to have $2,000 a month coming in as income.
0: 2000 that's
1: it? 2000 a month as income coming into you. Huh. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And and that's it. So a lot of American retirees live in Costa Rica. And I yeah. one of my friends was thinking about doing this with her husband. Um, and then they got divorced. and Now she never wants to hear the word Costa Rica again.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Too bad for her You're getting divorced, though. My my condolences or, or maybe my my congratulations. Oh, depending. it's
1: total congratulations. They got okay. divorced and then he got married to somebody new like three months later.
0: Oh, the worst. That's the worst.
1: Yeah, pretty that's, bad. That's
0: how you know that like somebody doesn't really up. care who they're married to. They're just they just want to have a wife or whatever. Right. So, anyway, anyway, so do you have an apology expected or a who's sorry now this week? Is mine? <laughs> I have one. I can tell you about it while you think about your possible one. Okay, cool. Um, so this is kind of on the same theme. Um, LGBTQ plus students are demanding an apology from their high school after the 2022 commencement speaker spoke about how the audience should only be in heterosexual relationships. River Valley High School in Caledonia, Ohio, has around 510 students. Um, on Friday, about 100 of them graduated uh, at the Marion Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And there was a distinguished alumni speaker whose name I will not um, allow to pass my lips, who says he loves to serve God and this country. Choose a spouse, I suggest. I also strongly suggest to make sure to choose biblical principles, you know, a male with a female and a female with a male. The superintendent of the school provided a statement, noting that the school would not be making further statements at this time, claiming the speech was not reviewed by anyone on the school board administrative team or board of education and that any views expressed by the speaker reflected his personal beliefs. Um, Nowhere in the email or statement is there an apology. So I'm demanding an apology. Uh, I expect an apology from River Valley High School in Caledonia, Ohio.
1: Yeah. I mean, at least uh, check speeches in advance because that's bullshit. Right. Speeches get checked in advance. You know, right. some kid's going to get up there and say something. And so, some bullshit, right? right. So you speeches, read your speeches get, in
0: advance. I'm sure this speech was read in advance, and they're just now saying that it wasn't. Right. So fuck you, River Valley High School, and fuck you, Ohio.
1: Double fuck you, Ohio, because that is going to be my apology demanded slash expected. And uh-huh. this will come, but probably not in my lifetime, and maybe 50 uh-huh. years from now, Right. But the uh, the Republican Party rammed through the transgender athlete law yes. where anybody could be challenged for their gender by anyone else. And if you're challenged, you got to prove that you're cisgender oh, as you're presenting. And honestly, for real, are transgender athletes that big a threat? I mean, No. No. Not at all. Maybe there were like five people who are transgender in that age group who are competing, whatever, right? And, yeah, it's just, it's like, who who thought it was necessary? Who thought it was a good idea? And would you want, and and they have to do blood tests. We're going to determine how much testosterone you have. Right, well, and what do you do with a woman who who's cisgendered, who produces testosterone because of whatever?
0: Can't they just look at their chromosomes if they're blood testing them? Can't they just look at the chromosomes? I
1: guess they could, but that was the. And, I don't know. And maybe the article that I skimmed because admittedly I just skimmed it, right? Uh-huh. Maybe it was saying it could get to this point, right? Right. But okay. whatever it is, I know that. Uh, thank you, Republicans in Ohio, and what I mean is fuck you, Republicans in Ohio. Uh, uh-huh. You can challenge a child. Fuck you guys!
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's They're just, fucking kids. It, it's disgusting.
1: It's so gross. It's horrifying Yeah. Anyway, <sighs> it's a beautiful so, world.
0: It is a lovely world. Gets better every day. Happy to be here.
1: Well, no other choice right now. This. Is, this is where we got to be. <laughs> well, there are
0: other choices.
1: <laughs> oh, you mean countries? But, so I meant planets.
0: Oh, I meant I meant existence. Oh, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, all right, so I think that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody.
1: Thank you, everybody. We love
0: you. Bye. We'll see
1: you next week. Come back again, see you please. Whatever our sign off was.
0: <laughs> we love you. See you later. We love
1: you. We love you. See you later.
0: Bye.